Welcome to the Gospel for Life. We have four Treasure Valley pastors committed to showing that the gospel is not just for that religious part of your life, but rather it's for all of life. You never graduate from the gospel. I'm Josh Bales, pastor of the Well Church, here with Russell Herman, pastor at Cloverdale United Reformed Church, Phil Moran, pastor at Christ Presbyterian Church, and Jonathan Van Hoogen, pastor at Spring United Reformed Church. Now, if you'd like to find out more about us or catch past broadcasts or get information about our annual conference, you can find us at ReformationVoice.com. All right, well, welcome to the Gospel for Life. This is our uh, social distancing edition on Zoom. Man, I bet those guys are just making buckets of money right now, whoever... whoever <laughs> invented zoom they just got to be raking it in um have you guys seen any of the funny memes that have been going around since this whole uh uh social distancing thing has happened um and sorry what what's a meme (laughs) well i i expected that question from phil um i didn't expect it from you but uh so th- this isn't a meme, but it was written on the, you know, the church's marquee. This was the Church of the Cross. Uh, not sure what state this church is in, but but uh, this is what the, the marquee says. It says, don't let worries kill you. Let the church help. <laughs> I mean, you, you guys can see it right there, right? Can you see that in the screen? Don't let worries kill you. Let the church help. <laughs> Brothers, I miss you guys. I wish that uh, we could be in the studio today together. Um, if you're just joining us, we have uh, Pastor Phil Moran and Pastor Russ Herman in the studio. Unfortunately, not in the studio, via Zoom. Uh, but we are missing Jonathan today, uh, unfortunately. Well, we've been talking about uh, God's providence um, and how in times of calamity, that it's a doctrine of great comfort. So can one of you guys just fill us in where we've been the last few days? Well, if I can, I, I can't, I don't think I can recap all, all, all the recent days, but we've been focusing on God's providence, which is God's um, direction. Uh, the, the God is sovereign over all events. Um, nothing happens, nothing in the universe happens by accident. But by God's providential direction, God is working all things uh, for his good purpose. And uh, to I'm, I'm alluding to Romans 8.28 there, and I'll take it even f- further, that all things work together for good, and especially for those who love him and are called according to his purpose. What we've been focusing on is that there's a special providence for those who belong to him, because, and there's the reasons that we've, that we've been reviewing, but there are so many specific promises in scripture that God directs to his children, to those who know him in Christ. And uh, there, there's a, there's a, a, a special uh, love and attention that, that God gives to those who belong to Christ. Very good, brother. That's great. So we, we arrive, uh, so, so we've been kind of using uh, the Puritan Thomas Brooks. He, he ministered in England during, during the bubonic plague in 1666, and he 
uh, preached a sermon series on this issue, trying to bring comfort to the people that were dying there. I mean, this was a massive, a massive plague, brothers. I mean, almost 100,000 people died, which was a quarter of London's population in just 18 months. Um, so it was, it was incredibly devastating. Um, but Brooks wanted to encourage and strengthen his people. And so he gave several reasons why God's works of providence are especially for his church. And so we arrive at the eighth reason. So how do we know that God especially has an eye towards his people? And here's the eighth reason, because of our union with Christ. So what does our union with Christ mean? And, and of course, how is that an argument for God's care for us above all other peoples in the world? Well, let me let me begin with with just one scripture about our union with Christ, and maybe before before I even read the scripture that that the new the New Testament teaches that those who come to faith in Jesus Christ, um, we are actually united to Christ. We are actually united to Jesus, um, and to to the extent that we can even say his life has become our life. And, and we are we are bound to him in the power of the Holy Spirit. And let me just give you one verse. This is from Galatians chapter 2 and verse 20. Paul says, I have been crucified with Christ. Now, we, uh, let me stop right there. How on earth could Paul make that claim? He wasn't even there when Jesus was crucified. Uh, but now by faith in what God has done in Christ, he can make that boldly make that claim. I have been crucified with Christ. It is no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. And the life I now live in the flesh, I live by faith in the son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. That's a such a remarkable verse. I've been crucified with Christ. It's no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. And when it comes to God's providence, there is um, that gives me a, that gives me a relationship with God because I'm united to Christ. I'm united to the very Son of God, and that gives me a covenantal bond into the Trinity, into the Godhead that doesn't belong to unbelievers, to those who are outside of that great miracle. Mm -hmm. uh, and so that's just one more, one more really good reason that Brooks has given us that uh, we can know as the children of God, as the people of God, that we have, a, that God directs a special providence toward us. You just, if you think about union with Christ, it's such a profound idea. Sometimes it's, it's hard to wrap our minds around, but the idea is that all that we have, um, all of the blessings that flow to us from God come to us at, in our union with Christ. Um, Ephesians 1, Ephesians 2 talk about being in him. And um, even think about the fruit of the spirit, um, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, gentleness, goodness, self-control. Um, I'm sorry, what, what does peace look like? Is it, is it something we can wrap up and give? Is it an, an entity that God gives? No. Peace isn't, isn't a quantifiable substance. Peace is ours 
only as we're in Christ, abiding in him, joy, love, peace, patience, gentleness, all of that is um, only possessed by us because we are, if you will, are possessed by Jesus Christ, are owned by him, are in him. And by being in him, we have his spirit and all of his blessings. Um, the, the blessings don't flow apart from our union with Christ. And I think in some ways in our Christian mind, we think about God's going to give me peace, some quantifiable entity. Now, what he gives is himself. Yes. Um, and I, I, I don't know if this is exactly what Brooks is talking about, um, but during these times, our union with Christ guarantees um, even tangibly a sense of uh, all of the benefits that are ours um, because of the work of, of Jesus Christ on our behalf. Absolutely. I think that's exactly where Brooks is going. And, and I would just say, well, how, how does that bring us comfort in, in times of calamity? Well, well, because we can be confident that whatever is true about Jesus as our redeemer is true about us. He's going to conquer the world uh, because we're united to him. We're going to be conquering the world with him. He, he has already been raised from the dead. Uh, because we're united with Christ, we too will share in that resurrection. So whatever is true about Christ uh, in terms of him being our redeemer is also true about us. And that is a, a wonderful comfort. Um, I, I uh, This hit home in a deeper way for me recently. We, we, we talk a, quite a bit about justification, I think, on this broadcast, that, that when we believe in Christ, our sins are imputed to him and his righteousness is imputed to us. And of course, that's a perfectly biblical way of, of, of saying it. But it's, it's gone deeper for me recently, thinking in terms of our union. It's not just that I have Christ's righteousness imputed to me. I have Christ. Yeah. The reason why I have his righteousness is because I have him. His righteousness comes with him and, and I have him. Yes. And if All right. Well, Christ won't God take care of His Son? Right. Yes. Right. Yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, and and that brings us to our, our final reason for uh, this series, which is the the reason why we can say that God's providence not only governs all people, but but it's especially uh, governs His church. We we can say this because because God is our Father. Um. And Russ, you have done just a wonderful job talking about this, you know, making the comparison between uh, our own children and, and other people's children. Um, maybe we could just end the show talking about that a little bit more. I mean, the reason why we can have confidence in God's care for us is because we actually are his children. Um, yeah. John writes about this in 1 John 3, um, and he says, see what kind of love the Father has given to us that we should be called children of God. And so we are. It's, it's as, as if the apostle is struck by, this is absolutely amazing. This yeah. is so uh, absolutely mind-boggling. We're children of God. And then he says, the reason why the world does not know us is that it did not know him. Beloved, we are God's children now. 
And what we will be has not yet appeared, but we know that when he appears, we shall be like him because we shall see him as he is. And there's just this incredible sense of wonder in the Apostle John of just reveling in the fact that we're children of God. Um, And it's just amazing if you can live out of that reality of going through life. You can almost say, not in a cavalier way, but in a trust way, it doesn't matter what happens. I'm a child of God. That's right. Um, That's right. And I'm secure in that. I'm secure in um, the care of my Heavenly Father. That's right. And knowing that I'm in the care of my, my Heavenly Father, I can I can receive any circumstance that he allows into my life, um, knowing that that bond that that he has given me in Christ that I that I'm his son I'm his child uh, is inviolable, and he will be faithful to that covenant. I'm. Uh, I'm looking right now at uh, Matthew chapter 7, part of the Sermon on the Mount. And I'm going to begin with verse uh, 9, Matthew 7, verse 9. Which of you, or which one of you, said Jesus, if his son asks him for bread, will give him a stone? Or if he asks for a fish, will give him a serpent? If you then, who are evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Father who is in heaven give good things to those who ask him? Amen. And Jesus is inviting us there uh, just to to trust in this bond that we have because God has made us his children. And once again, that doesn't mean that every circumstance in life will be what I would have wanted or what I would have chosen. It, it doesn't mean I'll, I'll escape all pain. And, you know, uh, someday in, in, in one way or another, by God's providence, every one of us is going to face suffering and every one of us is, is going, to, going to pass through death. That's right. and, but we can trust in, in life and in, as the as the high, as the. As the Heidelberg Catechism says, uh, what is your only comfort in life and in death? Yeah. That I belong in life and in death, uh, not to myself, but to my faithful Savior, Jesus Christ. That that bond uh, that that he has given me, that I'm I'm the child of God, is is inviolable. Uh, And even death uh, won't separate me from his love. Okay. Well, you've been listening to the Gospel for Life. We will see you next time. (laughs) Oh, <laughs>